most wonderful show is Keeping up with the Joneses Welcome to episode 169 of Keeping Up With The Joneses. This week we're talking about time gap management, the vital skill for managing that bit of time that is now, but not yet where you want to be. But first, our weekly catch-up. <laughs> that was awesome. Do you want to tell our listeners what you just said before I hit record? They need sex? <laughs> or is that what you meant? <laughs> well, I mean, I do, but that, that wasn't what I had in mind. Oh, <laughs> What was it? It's about what I'm drinking. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Um, You purchased an entire case of apricot LaCroix, and it is revolting. I repeat, absolutely disgusting. Now, I don't understand this. Before we even get onto this topic, I would love a definitive list of LaCroix flavors. No problem. Because it feels like every time I go to the store, there's new flavors. You get the bad ones. (laughs) (laughs) There's only one bad one, Mm -mm. the coconut flavor. No, Apricot is right up there with coconut. It's first of all, revolting. It's, first of all, it's apricot, not okay. apricot. Well, the rest of the world calls it apricot, but if you want to call it apricot, <laughs> wait, I will wait, grape. Wait, I will wait. juice some <laughs> apes for you. <laughs> the the rest of the world. <laughs> okay, people, we need to hear from you. Is it apricot or apricot? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do one of those newfangled Instagram polls tomorrow. Oh, where it's like, yes, apricot, yes, apricot. Yeah, and we'll see that the world comes out. Okay. On the side of justice. Uh-huh. But anyway, what's your deal? Why don't you like the, the apricot? It's disgusting. It really... Hang on. Taste test. <sighs> delicious. No, it isn't delicious. And to be honest, none of them taste like they say. Okay, but I like the, the dual ones, you know, like blueberry and... I don't know, water chestnut or something, whatever that one is, the purple one, (laughs) blueberry and cucumber or something. I love it that it's also got them in French. Like the grapefruit is pomplemousse. Yes, I do like to say What are you drinking? Apricot, because I opened it and I don't want to waste it, but it's like, it's like torture. It's not quite every LaCroix. I do not. My job right now is going around, (laughs) picking up LaCroix cans, shaking them to find that there's still a third of it left, and then throwing it out. I resemble that remark. Um, (laughs) The the only one that I haven't been able to finish is coconut. It tastes like you're drinking suntan lotion. It's so revolting. (laughs) It's nasty. It's so gross. And this is a close second. Well done, son. (laughs) You get a whole box for yourself. (laughs) Oh, I see your tricky plan. Oh, and then you bought peachy pear. I hate pears. So now there's two (laughs) kinds that I can't have. Thanks so much. LaCroix fail. This is what happens when you let me go shopping. Yeah. I didn't actually, in fairness, let you do anything. I said, why don't you pick up some eggs so you can make waffles? And then you're like, hey, I got some stuff. And I'm thinking, all right, hold on, buckle up. There's no saying what might be in there that actually shouldn't be there. Do you want to know my whole ingredient list that I got today? I guess, yes. Whipped cream. Yeah, I figured. I saw that. It's not even good whipped cream. It's the kind in a can that you shake. What other kind of whipped cream is there? Cream that you whip. Whipping cream. As if. Okay. (laughs) Oh, dear. Wait. So there's another kind of cream that comes readily available in an aerosol can, easily waiting to dispense on pancakes. Well, no, I don't do stuff in aerosol cans. Okay. Okay, nice thing I bought. I'm confused about this. Why am I supposed to buy grade B maple syrup and not grade A? All Publix had was grade A maple syrup. Isn't A better than B? Um, I can't remember. B has like less sugar in it or something. All right. Well, clearly I'm in the right choice. Okay. Then I bought cashew butter. Yes. 
uh, what else did I buy? Yogurt. I bought yogurt, yeah, for the kids. And a yogurt for me. I was going to say, for the kids. So the noose is for the kids? The noose I'll is for the, me. I'll give that I'm, to them and their lunches tomorrow. Then. I'm being rewarded. For what? <laughs> <laughs> for eating a bag of marshmallows today? Is that to what be, you're being rewarded for? To be fair. To I be am, fair. <laughs> to be fair, I'm a completer finisher. Look at the way I play. <laughs> Look oh at my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Look yeah. at the way I play video games. Okay. I have to have like all the five stars and make sure they're all shiny. So, so you just couldn't leave that half bag of marshmallows in there so that we could have marshmallows later in the week. No, because what would happen is they'd just go crusty. No, they don't. They, they were all sealed up in a little bag. No, but I opened them. Yeah, because you were eating them. <laughs> well, no, they were they were leftovers from this week. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought as, as shopping trips go, I did pretty good this week without you, superfluous you, items. You did much better than you normally do. Normally you bring home a whole bunch of things. So I'm like, why did you bring that random thing home? And you're I, like, I don't know. I No, I do know why. It's because you never bring it home. <laughs> yes. Well, usually there's a reason. But, but it's good. You did good. Other than the aerosol whipped cream. For lunch today, I made the kids waffles they they were easily the best waffles i've ever made and it's because i forgot that i had the mixer on Mm -hmm. and you know how you're supposed to beat egg whites to like stiff peaks Mm -hmm. i went past stiff peaks a couple of stops past stiff peaks and ended up with what looked like a bowl of whipped cream but for goodness sake it made the waffles so light and fluffy anyway the kids had waffles yes with said whipped cream aerosol whipped cream yeah with bananas yes and then with shaved chocolate on top and maple syrup. And they loved it. And maple syrup. Yeah, all okay, three good. food groups. Uh, okay, good. <laughs> all right. Let's do our weekly okay. catch-up. I feel yeah. we've, we've got... Um, we, we went off track here. Yeah. Uh, it was a normal week, really. Well, it was normal, yeah. We taught, and then we lived in the woods. Yes. It's my new norm. It's your new norm. Two weekends in a row, and it's our norm. I, I thought it was hysterical when you're like, we're campers now. And I was like, uh... We we are, but we've only camped three nights, so I'm not sure we can be called campers, like you when, know, experts. When did I say we were campers? You said it uh, when we were in the woods with all the peoples. <laughs> did I? I just proudly declared. You're like, look at us, we're campers now. I was like, uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have had a ton of revelation about camping. It's an interesting exchange. Like I, I posted on Instagram, you swap comfort for exhaustion but it's the kind of exhaustion that feels like oh, i did something with my weekend yeah and the kids love it yeah i just love coming home and you you're dirty and you're grimy and and like this morning i woke up i don't know if there's i don't know if there are these muscles there must be i don't know what they're called you know you got your calf muscle yes what's the muscle to the left and the right like owie one and owie two <laughs> <laughs> If you pretend that your leg is a compass, at north would be your shin, yes. at south would be your calf muscle. What's the east and west? Oh, that's such a strange way of thinking about it, but I don't know. Well, I'm lo- I'm just looking. North, oh, never okay. eat shredded wheat. Oh. North, east, south, west. Okay, I don't know. We can ask Josh or something this week. Well, both those muscles, the east and west, are killing me, presumably because I was walking <laughs> up and walking down steep inclines. Yes. I have to say, I could feel every muscle in my legs and my shoulders. Uh, yesterday and this morning. Yeah, but it's worth it. I slept 
like the dead last night. I didn't hear you come in. I didn't hear the kids. I didn't hear Abby rolling around in her bed. Like all the things that I normally hear and wake up like 10 times a night, I heard nothing. You didn't notice I did your makeup while you were asleep last night. No, and what a fantastic job. It was amazing. Move. What an interesting choice. (laughs) But but literally that was our week. Monday and Tuesday. You taught and I taught. You were first year. What did you teach in? Intimacy. So intimacy and like hindrances to intimacy. And then I take them verse by verse through the Song of Solomon. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty much it. And then I was in second year teaching on the Bible, introduction to the Bible. I had a great time. I hope they did too. I think I wore them out by the time we got to to Tuesday. Wow. You know. And then Tony Wakefield was at Emanate and killed it. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we went back to the woods. What what did you think about doing it for two days instead of just one day? I liked what I liked about two days is that you're not packing all of that stuff in like some kind of Sherpa and then packing it all out before noon the next day. Like it was nice because of the amount of stuff you travel with with five people camping to not on like the Saturday to just chill. We we lied in Kate's hammock because she laid it, left it for us. Yeah, that's that's now up there like. With food, heat, shelter, and a hammock. I know. I, I want a hammock. Yeah. I never thought I would say that. No, we need a hammock each. It's, she had a Eno or Emo or something like that. I have no idea. Yep. I'm going to look them up because apparently you can get them in all kinds of colors. So I'm going to get you a pink one. <laughs> I'm going to get you one on apricot. You're going to love it. <laughs> okay. All the LaCroix you can drink. <laughs> so we, I mean, it was fun and it, it was great because we also traded off a bit. Like I took to the to the park for like an hour and then you took them on a hike for an hour. So we got some alone time in the woods to chill. Yeah. It was great. Well, there you go. Maybe, maybe our fastest weekly catch up ever. Do you think so? Well, albeit with a sidetrack into why you don't appreciate me going grocery shopping. Well, that's true. That's true. Sorry, people. Why you have no taste in LaCroix. I'm sure most women can relate to what I'm talking about unless their, their husbands are the people that do the cooking. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Our main topic this week. Yes. Is all about time gap management. Whoop, whoop. I think it's such an important season of life. The the in-between time between now and where you want to be or what you want to be doing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I think that season is always upon us. Well, you've, we've never arrived, so there's always more that the Lord's calling you into. I think, you're, I think we're always in an in-between season, babe, because... You're, you've never, you're not going to arrive, are you? Like the Lord is always going to have other stuff on offer, other um, things that he's growing you in, other opportunities that he's giving you to right. uh, excel, that kind of stuff. So technically, even if you think you've arrived, you haven't arrived, you're, you're still in a season of the not yet. Because we're always getting prophetic words. Yeah. I mean, think, I mean, just even on a practical level. So there was a time we had no kids. Right. And then we had one kid. Right. And then two kids. Yeah. And then three kids. Yeah. And as far as we know, we're done. Right. But at each of those stages, there was a time where we were and a time where we will be. Right. Yeah. So I think it's just it's such an important life skill to learn to steward the time really, really well. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many inherent dangers in, in the season of what we call time gap management, where you're believing for something, you don't have it yet. I mean, you can end up just wishing away your days. Yeah. And and losing sight of what you do have because you focus on what you don't have. That's a big one. Yeah. Or you end up grumbling about the journey because we only want the destination. 
Yeah. Like, like if you think about it today, if you think about, let's just say living in Nashville is, 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 well, let's just, let's use today living in Nashville. When we got the word years ago, almost 10 and a half, 11 years ago that we're going to live in Nashville, Mm -hmm. the time between when we got the word and when we'd be living there would have been fraught with frustration if we didn't enjoy it. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, I think we just, what did we do? We stayed busy and focused on what we had to do in front of us Mm -hmm. and just know that God's going to work out the getting you there part as well as, you know, he doesn't just announce something and then not get you there. As long as you say, yes, you're fine. It's one of the things Graham Cook shared, which I really loved. At first, I didn't understand, but he says, God loves to speak in vagueness Mm. and it's for our benefit because we get to explore the territory. And I think most of my life, I've always wanted more precision with what God's saying. But think back to the time when we started our journey to discovering here. It was replete with joy and adventures. Remember we, remember we went to Florida because we thought that God might be saying, you know, do something in Florida. Yeah, we knew that the Lord was saying the U.S. We just didn't know where. And so, yeah, we went to Florida first. Stayed in a billionaire's beach house. Yeah, and prayed and got nothing. We're and then, like, this isn't it. And then discovered Florida wasn't it, but yeah. heard Nashville. Yeah. Anyway, here's the thing. Wherever you are right now, you've got a prophetic word or you have a passion for a job or a vocation or a dream or whatever. How do you manage life now while feeling called to something else? Yeah, I think there's more defined seasons of that too, babe, where, you know, if you're in your final year of university or ministry school or you're finishing a project at home uh, or at work, you know, something that you're, you're, you're project based or, or you're, where you feel stuck in it, but you can see the end coming. Yeah, for sure. Or, you know, you're engaged or you're pregnant. Like if you think about, I mean, you wouldn't be familiar with this, but the last trimester, you just, you, you know, it's coming, you know, everything's about to shift, but those weeks they can feel like forever as you're growing and waddling along and just feeling like, you know, I don't know. I, I don't remember <laughs> a that. A beeping sound when you back up. Meep, meep, you know, so. I do remember engagement. I do remember you and I on different sides of the world. Yes, or constantly. I, or I remember us dating and thinking it would be nice to not have to go home to our separate houses. Yeah. And there's that tension of, oh, I wish we were already married, but you then wish away the the precious time we have being engaged. So yeah. whatever it is, we've got four things to keep in mind while you're managing this time gap. Number one is to blossom where you're planted. Oh. Yeah. So we meet so many people that don't put down roots, they don't connect, they don't build relationships uh, because they know they're eventually moving on. Right. Uh, but typically, we are terrible at timing. So terrible. Right. So typically, we really tend to overestimate the timing of things we want to happen. Like, oh, you know, my house will totally sell. It'll sell this week. Or, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally going to get that job. I interviewed for it. It's totally going to happen. And and so we we shortchange what we really want to happen. Or we overestimate, like, oh, this is going to take forever on the things that we don't want to happen. As if we're in charge of our destiny. As if we're in charge of the timing of things. Right. All that to say, don't don't squander today. Squeeze the most out of it. And our encouragement is flourish, blossom, do well. For example, I remember being a school teacher, babe, mm-hmm. like a school teacher in Scotland. First of all, it wasn't what I wanted to be doing at all, but it was what I was doing. So I had a choice. I can either wish I was doing something else and resent what I'm doing, or actually accept this is what I'm doing. I get paid to do this, and I can work really, really well, 
My parents brought me up with that that verse, like, whatever you do, do unto the Lord. And so I did that. And so when I when I blossomed where I was planted, like, I really wanted to be doing something other than teaching. All my dreams and prophecies spoke about something else. But what I had before me was no indication from the Lord I was going to do anything else. And so you're going to be miserable if you resent what you're doing. So I just dug down and just thought, I'm going to try and be the best teacher I can. I'm going to try and give everything to something that isn't my passion. That's like an important lesson to learn. Yeah. But the heat got turned up when I ultimately knew I was going to be leaving. I, I felt like the Lord had invited me to Toronto. I'd been accepted into the school, and I was counting down the months till I was leaving and I was going to be done. In those moments, oh, it is so easy to just think, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll coast. Yeah, the I'll, challenge is to finish well, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. Because who you are when no one's looking is who you are. Yeah. I remember speaking to Chris McClarney who's brilliant, who's, you know, Chris is like a genius. And, you know, he was finishing up his time at Grace Center and was moving into something else. And he said, you know, how you finish one season determines how you enter the next. Yeah. And he he's did such a great job in, in navigating those seasons. I think, babe, as you're saying that, I mean, I, I, uh, I got all those prophetic words about traveling the world and stuff, and it was eight years before it even started. Right. How many years was it before you wanted it to start? Well, well, I actually had the dream the next year. So it was about a year in that I, I had a dream that I was doing it and I started saying yes. Um, so it took seven years. Seven years. From the time you said yes, yes. to ever happening. Yep. And I just was like, I, and I worked at several different restaurants and then I started working for National Car Rental and I just knew, okay, Lord, the timing of everything belongs to you. So for right now, um, I get to be where I am and give it my best. And I mean, that's that's even what I said to the people at National when I started the job. You know, I was like, I really believe in five years, so I'll be gone, you know, mm-hmm. that I'll be full-time in ministry. But while I'm here, I'll give you 150%. And they said, that's great for us. But think about the, think, you know, we're, we're from... I met you in Toronto, yeah. where they have a school of ministry. It's a five-month school. Yeah, You would watch students come in for five months, and some students would think, well, there's no point really making friendships or connections. I'm only here for five months. Right. But those that did... Have lifelong friends. All over the world. Yes. The same thing with here. We've watched people, students from different states or even from different countries, come to our school. Yeah. Again, when we watch them plug in, they could easily just take the attitude of, well, I'm only here for eight months. There's no real point making friendships. But the people that we've watched who've just dug down, made great friendships, are the richer for it. Yeah, for sure. And they've got friends all over the world because I don't think you ever waste resources by building relationships. No way. Yeah. That's number one. Number two is interesting because you just said something I, I want to ask you about. But number two is don't subscribe to FOMO. The fear of missing out. Fear should never be our primary motivator. Yeah, it's not yeah. a good motivator. It, it no. really isn't. But so here's the thing. You get all these prophetic words. A year into you getting these prophetic words, you have a dream from the Lord and your heart begins to say yes. Yes. Then from the outside, it looks like you take a hard left and you start taking jobs that have got nothing to do with your prophetic words. Mm-hmm. Why were you not scared that by doing that, you would be missing out on your prophetic words? And the reason I ask that is, Especially living in Nashville, I watch so many people who come with a dream refuse to do something else because it feels like in doing something else, they're saying no to their dream. 
Right. So talk to me about how did you navigate that? I think, well, I know the big part for me was trusting the Lord. You know, like just, okay, God, actually, I can't make anything that you have for me happen anyway. Right. Like, I've watched people try and crowbar their way into their dreams. And, you know, sometimes it looks even like it's worked, but it's there's no longevity to it. Right. You know, so you... I did know I want God's timing on this too. It did feel like forever. I'm not going to lie. Like in certain seasons, I was like, okay, God, have you forgotten? You know, but I do remember just thinking, I'm just going to give my best where I am. And it's funny now I look back and I think in all of those different seasons, in all of those different situations, I've used all that in where he has me now, you know, right. all the things that I learned. And you, you never know that when you're going through it. Right. Nothing is wasted in God's economy. No. You usually find that what you've gone through is preparation for where you're going. You just don't know it at the time. Right. Right. One of the things that's funny about walking with the Lord is his plans are rarely in a straight line. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I would say that's for sure. <laughs> so we have to purpose in our heart that we're going to enjoy the journey. Yeah. So if we currently live here in Nashville, well, in Franklin... So we live here. I believe we were destined to be here. Mm -hmm. But if we were destined to be here, God kind of messed up because we were both born in the wrong country for that to happen. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I was born in Scotland. You were born in Canada. And yet, shockingly enough, it still worked itself out. Yeah. Um, I think the most important thing is your yes. Right. You know, as long as you keep a heart posture of yes, you'll see the door when it opens. You won't miss it. He won't let you miss it. Right. You know, and for the rest of it, you don't have to have a fear of missing out. Just do your best where you are and look for the little everyday opportunities that he brings that that are going to, you know, bring you life and refine your character and all that kind of stuff so that when the door does open, you are ready. Perfect. Number three, keep vision before you. So vision gives pain a purpose. If you can keep ahead of you or keep in your mind's eye that thing that God is calling you to, it helps you stay on course. It's, it's what we were talking about a little bit before where everything we're doing right now is actually reusable in the future. Yeah. I'm really enjoying, this is a bit obscure, but stay with me. I'm really enjoying watching something called Epically Latered. It started out as a, well, I started watching it on YouTube. It started out as a YouTube show. This this guy, a filmmaker called Patrick O'Dell, um, would catch up with pro skaters now that they're later in their life and find out, you know, what are you doing? What was your story? And for me, as somebody who is hugely into skateboarding, it's been fascinating watching just recently. I think it's on HBO now. I've been been watching interviews with, these are really my heroes. When I was 14, 15, you know, I've I've kept in touch with the skateboarding community and, and, and culture this whole time. But watching all these people I grew up idolizing and really, you know, being influenced by, now in their 40s, just and listening to them in retrospect tell the story of their adventure in skateboarding. You know, these, these athletes, these, these top, of the, top of the game, top of their industry, the one thing they all have in common is that your life makes more sense looking back than it does looking forward. Sure, Like they're always. telling all these stories of happenstance and, you know, relationships and these coincidences. And I'm, I'm watching it going, I can see the hand of the Lord in all of that. You know, they're, for the most part, these people aren't believers, but it's been fascinating for me to go back and watch them 
as I watched their lives move forward, listening to them chronicle their lives looking backwards. I've really, really loved it. So it so it's easy. I say all that to say it's easy to know where you're going. It's harder to know the route. Yeah. Yeah, for but, sure. But keeping vision helps you in the ups and downs. So for me, my vision has always been to honor the Lord. It always has. I I know that's really, really broad. I remember somebody once asked me, so what's your five-year plan? And I'm like, listen, I'm not against people having five-year plans, but five years ago, I didn't know I was going to be doing this. Yeah, that's like, for sure. <laughs> literally, my five-year plan, my 10-year plan, the vision for my life is I want obedience to God to define everything. Yeah. I, I just want to obey the Lord and let Him lead. And I trust Him. I trust Him with my passions. I trust Him with my desires. But you know, just letting God lead has taken me to places I'd never go and do things I'd never choose, but I've ended up saturated with satisfaction. So good. All right, number four. This is super simple, but it's a worthy reminder. Don't opt out. Yeah. I remember one time Chris Valentin was at our church. He was doing a like a, a private session for the staff, and I asked him, I said, Chris, how did you end up where you are? Right, because I know a little bit of his story. Yeah, I know that they were, you know, just in a tiny little church in in Weaverville, which makes Reading look like a metropolis. And I was like, "How did you end up where you are, like with this global influence?" And he said, "I just outlasted everyone else. I just yeah. didn't know how to quit, and I just kept going." And it's so so important. Again, watching epically later, watching these people, they're they're interviewing people who who have stayed, you know, they're now in their 40s, who've stayed. There's plenty of people who didn't, who just dropped out, who just quit. They had the same potential, the same talent, the same skill, but they never made where they're going. My encouragement is is don't opt out. One of the, st- I haven't preached on this in forever. I don't think I've preached on it. Maybe I've preached on it once or twice. I was going to say I don't think I've preached on it in ever. But is watching the 12 tribes of Israel go from captivity to the promised land, two of the tribes camp on the wrong side of the Jordan. Mm-hmm. They say, oh, no, we're good. Now, this is great. This is great. They they literally couldn't believe that God was promising them something better than what they had right now, so they opted out. Yeah. And they're like, no, 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 we'll, we'll still believe for your destiny. We'll come fight for you, but let us just have this share And of then the that becomes their inheritance. Right. And I'm like, Lord, no matter how good my life is, I don't want it to be the worst enemy of best. Yeah. I want to constantly keep moving forward and not opt out and not settle. Yeah, just just keep moving forward and keep hanging on to God and stay in hope. And if you have quit, get back in the race. Yeah, unquit today. Yeah, he's the God of second, third, fourth chances. Yeah. I, I love saying yes to God. It's it's the most amazing way to slipstream in, in the things of the Spirit is your yes. Agreed. All right, I've got two listeners' questions. Okay. The first one I want to ask you, this okay. is from Nicola. She said, I've been catching up on the podcast on fasting. Lots of great and challenging areas to mull over. The discussion on hunger strike in particular caught my attention. This is where you were talking about, you weren't sure if you were actually fasting or (laughs) in retrospect, just doing a hunger strike for revelation. Yeah. Nicholas continues. She says, I'm curious around that and how it perhaps differs from wrestling with God, where Jacob would not let go until God blesses him. Thoughts? Well, I don't suppose we really know what it looked like for Jacob to wrestle with God, but I doubt he was starving himself to do it. Um, I I think there 
I think the problem with hunger striking is there's a certain amount of control at play there on on our part. And right. so what I'm actually doing is kind of throwing a little fit, but it looks spiritual mm-hmm. and saying, hey, I'm not moving from this place and I'm not going to eat, you know, and you're going to watch me starve until you tell me stuff. Right. And, you know, of course, God's lovely and he tells you stuff, but that's not actually the heart motivation of fasting is not to manipulate God. I think the other big difference is with you hunger striking and with Jacob wrestling with God, one was self-initiated, the other was God-initiated. Yeah. Like God came to Jacob and and he wrestled with him. Right. You went to God and were like, see, See? watch me. Not going to eat, going to get skinny. Watch this. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully that helps. (laughs) Second question. This is from Aaron. And she asks, I've noticed more and more hostility towards Christians, the church, and any language related to God increasing more in both my Christian friends and also non-Christian friends I've had for 10 plus years, both who know my faith and character openly. My question is, how would you advise someone to approach or handle such hostile conflict to Christianity in their day-to-day relationships while still trying to be kind and gentle, if that's even possible? Well, kindness and gentleness is always possible. It's it's always an option. I think the reason there's been increased hostility is we've been representing Jesus and his kingdom really, really poorly. Yeah. I'm sometimes embarrassed to be called a Christian when I watch Christians um, or people taking the name of Christians representing me in media. I think there's a handful of people who do it brilliantly. I think Joel Osteen does a brilliant job at it. I think Rick Warren does a brilliant job at it. I've seen some other leaders, you know, I'm not exclusively leaving it to them, but when I see Christians being interviewed, especially around the time of the election, especially over controversial topics, I I kind of want to scream like, "Uh, they're not representing me. Yeah, I don't hold with what they're saying. I I don't agree with what they're saying. And so I think part of it is we haven't done a great job. A, we being the Christian evangelical community at large, done a great job at representing Jesus well. Yeah. And then I think that the best way to do it, Aaron, is to actually offer a different voice to the narrative. Yeah, I think if you can stay calm and keep your love on and not be um, shaken by information that's delivered, I think that that actually speaks a lot louder than even being able to reasonably argue something, if that makes sense. I know I should know this, but hopefully everyone else does. Who was the person that said, you know, preach the gospel, use words if necessary? Probably butchered the quote terribly. No, that's right. That's the right quote. Somebody very famous. Yeah. But also, you can represent your Christian faith and use words as an option. Yeah. As in your character, your nature, your kindness, your unflappability, your... The trouble is... So that's one side of it. The other side of it is, I don't, I don't want to get into culture war. That's it's just not my a area of expertise. B is not something I, I care to comment on a huge lot. But I have noticed that Christians are called intolerant by people who won't tolerate us. So there has become yeah. like this, <laughs> this, this swell in if you don't think like us, then your your opinion isn't valid. And but you know that I that we're even seeing inside you know, people that say that they are Christians, you know, they're just, hey, we're cutting edge and, and you're, 
you're being left behind and they're right. intolerant of those people that are maybe more mainstream or, you know, whatever. So I think it's always a challenge to just keep your love on, whether you agree or not, uh, with what's being said and, and just trust that the Lord's going to help, you know, wash it all out kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's really true. I think if we can exercise self-control, which is just manage ourselves in the midst of, oh, it's, you know, Facebook or Twitter or just even real-life conversation yeah. and try and move in the opposite spirit, it's, it's, I mean, I'm not sure I'm an expert, is it? But that, that would probably be my best guess, Aaron. I'm, I'm sorry that's uh, increased in your life. I don't think you're alone in that. But it's a great opportunity to practice the fruit of the spirit, isn't it? Um, I just saw a large bag, empty bag of marshmallows. I've been looking at it all night and asking the Lord <laughs> to blind your eyes to. Alan Jones. That was from last week. Oh, oh, great. Well, here's the thing. I'll help your completer finisher by not buying you any more marshmallows. Oh, the kids will be very sad. Yeah, well. You know what? They'll get over it. No, they won't. They'll be I'll in inner healing. I'll make paleo marshmallows. <laughs> oh, my mm. gosh. Please. Paleo yeah. marshmallows. Out of coconut husks. <laughs> be delicious. Why are my marshmallows <laughs> hairy? <laughs> Shut up and eat it, kid. <laughs> well, that's the podcast for this week. Uh, we have a killer conference coming up. Uh, not this weekend, but next we have Gary Morgan and David Campbell coming in for the conference, and it is going to be stellar. I think we still, do we still have seats left in the main sanctuary? We do. We're fast approaching capacity. Uh, I would love you to come join us. I honestly think it's going to be a, a really significant time. I'm super looking forward to it. I'm praying into it just for me personally, like, Lord, I I, I would love both corporate and personal revelation at this conference and i know the lord loves to answer prayers like that so go to gracecenter.us slash heaven declares for more information and to get tickets we will probably be selling live streaming i i, I don't know that for sure but we have in the past conferences so i'm sure that's going to be the case we'll probably announce that next week um if you if you're listening to this and thinking i have a friend I just had a conversation with them about time gap management. Or you can think of somebody, friend or family, that would be encouraged by this episode. Do them a favor, forward them a link to this so they can listen to it themselves. And if you're listening, maybe for the first time, we release these podcasts every Monday. If you subscribe in your podcast client of choice, you'll get free episodes every single Monday to encourage you on your commute. Until next week, we are praying for you and we hope you have a wonderful week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games, paleo donuts and the kindness of God, the things we deal with every day, from Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me, Alan and AJ, keeping with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, they talk about faith in God, and everything under the sun, if you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.